If you drive on Las Vegas roads, you know they're dangerous. Apart from the constant orange conification of our streets, we've all seen cars speeding, running red lights, darting in and out of traffic, and accidents both minor and fatal. It's even more treacherous for pedestrians and bicyclists. Do you ever wonder how much of that chaos isn't random, but maybe by design? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we revisit our talk with expert traffic planner Ray Delahanty to better understand why Vegas streets are unreasonably deadly and why, despite how hard it'll be to fix it, we shouldn't give up trying. It's Tuesday, September 12th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Ray Delahanty, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks. I heard a rumor that you are living in the Las Vegas Valley without a car. Is <laughs> is that true? Yes, the rumors are all true. I am, in fact, living here without a car. Uh, how? Okay. How is that possible? It it takes. I don't know. I don't want to use the word bravery, and the word I use is masochism. I think <laughs> when I moved here, I intentionally selected an area that was going to have a good bike network and was going to be, you know, we're, we're in Henderson, so the streets aren't necessarily going to be super pedestrian friendly. But I figured as long as I lived near the places I need to go from week to week, you know, grocery stores, restaurants, as long as I'm within walking distance. I could probably make it work. And, you know, it's been just about a year now and it's worked out all right. And you have a AICP, which is American Planning Association certification. So I'm going to call you an expert on on the topic of city planning and traffic planning for sure. Let me jump in right with this. What are some of the worst intersections in Las Vegas? Sure. To me, the worst intersections are the ones where people are getting hurt or even killed. And, you know, the the city and the region, they know what those places are. They analyze the data. And so right. if you look at Boulder Highway, particularly around Flamingo or Desert Inn, those are really tough areas as far as the number of people have been struck by vehicles. Um, and, and it's a congested road as well. And then the other one I would think of is probably Flamingo, usually around like Paradise Road or the I-15 interchange, tend to be both pretty darn congested, but also a much higher crash rate than you know, just about anywhere else in the, in the Las Vegas Valley. So when you're out there at those intersections through your eyes, what do you see out there that really causes you to be concerned? Like, what are you physically seeing that just makes you shake your head? Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of things. And, and again, I'm experiencing this mostly as a pedestrian. And so what I think about when I'm walking along Boulder Highway, for example, is, you know, the amount of distance there is between places where you can cross the street. Um, that's a problem because people won't always walk a long way to the nearest signal. So you'll have people trying to jaywalk, for example. So that's difficult. But also, you know, a street like Boulder Highway, which was, I think it opened in 19, 
well, it was in the early 30s, right? And yeah. so it was designed as a state highway. So everything kind of urbanized around that over time. What you end up getting is a roadway that's designed really for cars with minimal sidewalks and sometimes no sidewalks. Yet today it's being used as kind of an urban thoroughfare. It's got a lot of stores and, and places where people go to shop and spend time. A lot of people drive on it, but you know there are a lot of transit riders and people walking and biking out there too. So it's being used in a lot of ways for which it wasn't originally intended. And that kind of by its nature creates a lot of safety issues. Have you seen some real safety concerns in real time, either on Boulder Highway or any of the places where you kind of can observe and, and talk about? Yeah, sure. I mean, even <laughs> I, so I made a video about Boulder Highway. The day I went out there to shoot video and you know, kind of make observations and think through kind of the story I wanted to tell in my, my video, um, I actually did observe, well, at least the aftermath of kind of a multi-car fender bender southbound, probably around Flamingo is what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I, I just kind of happened on the scene, but you, you, it's not out of the ordinary to see fender benders, things like that, when you've got you know, a roadway that was designed for speed, yet you have lots of people stopping and turning into driveways and things of that nature. Yeah, those those driveways, I know you those get under your skin, the all the ins and outs of mm -hmm. uh, ingress and egress onto those roads. I live in the downtown area, very, very close. In fact, we walk quite a bit around the area of Las Vegas Boulevard in Charleston, and there's tons of construction, as there is in many parts of the city, right? So we'll see people walking across the lights, and we'll see people trying to duck around the the construction. And then we saw that the, the city just put in new Instead of the red arrow, now we have new yellow arrows, so people are even more ducking in and out of cars that are either paying attention or not paying attention. I mean, that stuff kills me. So, so when you said, the, do you mean the, the left turn arrows at the signals? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah the left turn arrows used to be a, a red, solid right. red arrow, right. and then it would turn green and you can go, and they replaced those with yellow flashing so it's more of a yield yeah. and people don't always yield <laughs> yeah that's a yeah that's called protective permissive phasing um and you do see that there, there are a lot of cities that don't like it for some of the safety issues that you can imagine but they do add capacity to your intersection if you allow if you allow drivers to take left turns when they see an available gap. So that's kind of the logic behind it. But again, you know, it's, there have been studies that have shown that those are not great for pedestrians because a lot of times drivers will look for a gap in oncoming traffic, but not be looking at the pedestrians who usually have the walk signal at that time on the cross street. Exactly. Yeah. For people who watch the videos, they see this word come up a bunch, which is strode. Can you explain Strode? And then I want to talk about Strodes. Yeah, sure. And so Boulder Highway is a perfect example of that. It's, it's generally a roadway that was designed to have kind of a highway function, right? And so speed and mobility and throughput and not much access to adjacent businesses, for example, and not very many intersections and usually very few traffic signals. And they're usually streets that over time they urbanized like Boulder Highway did. And so they took on kind of this urban main street function just by the nature of the types of businesses that developed around them. And so 
the, the highway, uh, you call that the road, and then the main street. And so you merge those together, and it becomes kind of a portmanteau. It's a strode. And I've heard strode. that described as, what would I say? It, it's kind of like the idea of a futon. It's, it's a, you, you take something that's a couch that doesn't work very well, and then it becomes a bed that doesn't function very well. It's something that's trying to be two things at once and then failing at both. Okay, God bless. And the strodes are all over Las Vegas, yeah? There are a lot of strodes in Las Vegas, not not only older state highways, and I would put Charleston in that category as well, but a lot of arterial roads that were developed, you know, largely in you know the late 20th century. They were just designed a certain way um, for fairly high speeds, and yet you know Las Vegas has grown so fast that you know a lot of new land uses have developed around those roads. And so you, you end up with these issues. I want to talk about the land uses uh, and how that might make walking more dangerous, but just inherently are strodes more dangerous for walking? They tend to be just because, um, you know, the higher speeds, and there's a lot of research behind this. It, and it makes sense. If, if the laws of physics say force equals mass times acceleration, then if you are a pedestrian or a bicyclist, or even if you're in another car, like a smaller car, if you're getting hit at 45 or 50 miles per hour, the outcome is quite a bit different than if the car you're being hit by is going like 25 miles per hour. It's very sure. different. So the speeds are are one piece of that, but also the roadway design. There tend to be much longer crossing distances for pedestrians and you know more driveway cuts that introduce more conflict points where there might be risk of a collision with a churning vehicle. I think the general feeling in Las Vegas is that our roads are really unsafe. And some of the statistics do seem to back that up. Um, Smart Growth America says Nevada is the eighth most dangerous state for pedestrians. I think a lot of pedestrians think it's even higher. Do you, do you feel that way, too? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've kind of looked at the data as well. Um, but but yeah, I can really speak from experience just as someone who does tend to get around by foot and on bike that... It, it doesn't always feel safe. And part of this is, it's a little bit of a chicken and egg situation, right? There's this idea of safety in numbers, both with people who bike and, and people who walk. If there are more people out walking, then drivers get used to seeing pedestrians and thinking about them when they're making certain maneuvers. But if there are only a few people out walking, like you only occasionally see them, then you're less likely to notice them when you're taking a turn. You know, one of, one of my most common experiences walking, and, and by the time I feel the least safe, is just waiting for the walk signal at a crosswalk when just to my left, there are people waiting to make a right turn. Um, oh, yeah. They are yeah. often looking to the left, looking for gaps in traffic, and just not aware at all of my presence as someone walking across the street. And so I have to really almost make eye contact every time with the driver to make sure we see each other before I kind of put my life on the line by, by walking out into the crosswalk. And I think a lot of people in Las Vegas also like really, really big vehicles. And so that makes that eye contact harder. <laughs> you know, it's like so treacherous sometimes. It is. It is. Um, the, the size of vehicles, you know, pickup trucks and sport utility vehicles, those have been getting, they've been getting bigger and heavier over time over the last 20 years or so. It's fairly intentional on on the part of the auto manufacturers. They know what sells, they know what type of vehicles 
people like to buy, what, what type of vehicles align with the way people perceive themselves. And so you do see a lot bigger, heavier, so therefore somewhat less safe. And then also higher you know, vehicles that are higher off the ground, which, yeah, as to your point, um, makes, makes the kind of the, the eye contact and, and kind of the relationship between a pedestrian and a driver just a lot more tough. For someone without a car, do you find that the unique Las Vegas car culture could be infuriating? <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I knew that coming here. And it's really part of the reason I came here. I, I'd spent my whole life in the Pacific Northwest, which tends to be a little more a little more pedestrian friendly and bike friendly. And, you know, I had to challenge myself by kind of proving it down here and, and proving to myself that I, I can kind of do it anywhere. Like if I can do that in Las Vegas, I can do that anywhere. Um, so are, are we like one of the worst then in your mindset? And so you're like, if I can, if I could walk there without getting killed, I can walk anywhere without getting killed. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, it's something I know because I do, since I don't own a car, I'm not, anti-car, I'll take an Uber or a taxi, right? And so one thing I notice when I'm being driven around and just kind of observing the driver's experiences and their frustration, there's there's kind of a randomness <laughs> to <laughs> traffic behavior in Las Vegas that I haven't noticed to anywhere near the same extent in any other city. And I kind of chalk that up to, what is it, that, that only 25% of the people who live in Nevada were born in Nevada. That's by far and away the lowest percentage in any state. So in other words, 75% of the people who live here are from somewhere else. And so they bring whatever driving habits and customs from wherever they came from. You know, a lot of them are from California, but a lot of them are from the Northeast or the Midwest. Everywhere you go, people have different driving customs, you know, they're more aggressive or more passive, or, or they tend to let the other driver do this or not do that. And when you mix them all together, which you see in Vegas more than you're going to see anywhere else, you just get this kind of level of chaos and unpredictability that is really tough for a driver to manage. And I can imagine it raises the stress level quite a bit. Yeah, a lot of uh, metaphorical uh, pilgrims bringing traffic smallpox into our community on <laughs> right. some level. Right. Um, and as a fan of your YouTube channel, I will say that you do present yourself very well as a glass half full kind of guy. I think you say that sometimes. And so what are the good things that you see happening in the Valley with regard to some of these traffic issues that you're very concerned about? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, along Boulder Highway, right? Um, there's a whole planning effort called Reimagine Boulder Highway. They've done some early things like adding a couple of, um, they've created some enhanced crossing locations uh, in, in places where there was a pretty long distance to the next traffic signal and crosswalk. And so those were really high priorities for the city. So they got that done. They do have more ambitious plans on um, how transit is going to look in the future. You know, the, the Boulder Highway Express is one of the busiest routes in the city and probably the best route in terms of, you know, the way it operates and, you know, the, the level of amenities at the transit stops and, and how reliable the service is. Um, so they've done a lot of good work on Boulder Highway already, and they've got more ideas in the pipeline if they get funding for it. And then we saw recently that 
Uh, there's something called the Complete Street Project. Uh, got started up in uh, the area around Jackson Avenue. Yeah, so kind of the Complete Streets idea has been around. Well, at least the, the name for the idea has probably been around for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years or so. And it really means taking a street that was really designed primarily for cars and with the minimal possible accommodations for people walking or biking, and then redesigning it so that there are much more generous sidewalks and potentially street trees and lighting and potentially other pedestrian amenities. And usually do that by repurposing one or two of the existing travel lanes and widening the sidewalks out into the right-of-way to do that. And so what's happening up on uh, Jackson Avenue is, is a great example of the city trying to go back and kind of right past wrongs a little bit. Yeah. And are there other solutions that you've seen in other cities to their strode nightmares? Sure. There are examples out there of yeah, there, there's this concept of what they call the road diet, where on, on a strode, you would you know repurpose travel lanes or narrow travel lanes sometimes, which which usually promotes lower speeds, give over some some of the right of way to the pedestrian realm by widening sidewalks and adding buffer zones with you know street trees and lighting. So you do see that it's often a very expensive undertaking as will probably be on Boulder Highway. But you, know, it's, it's, you do increasingly see in some cities a, a push to make those investments. Well, hey, Ray, any last thoughts about uh, Las Vegas as, as a strode vortex? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would just say that I do see things moving in the right direction. And you know, it's, it's, it's really been a joy to to try to live car free here. There are good, good places to bike. I can get kind of anywhere I want to get in like 15 minutes, really. So I can't complain too much, but still as somebody visiting from the outside, it's an awful lot of fun to make fun of. Yeah, and we like doing that too. Ray Delahani, City Nerd on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining us on CityCast Las Vegas. We will look forward to uh, the newest episodes and maybe having you back on CityCast if you're willing to come. Super, would love to do it, thanks. To hear more of Ray's hot takes on traffic, road design, and urban planning, head over to his YouTube channel, City Nerd. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you're seeing crazy stuff in traffic right now as you're listening to this, first, pay attention to the roads. Then, when it's safe... Share this episode with three fellow commuters who haven't heard it yet. It'll help us reach new audiences and you get the reward of turning them on to what matters most in our city. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more great topics. Take care. Ain't no sin to jump out your skin and dance around in your bones. That's a Tom Waits song. Okay. Um.